James chapter 4 tells us that we have not because we ask not. Okay, great. But, but then it goes on and it says, but then you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss or you ask wrongly that you would spend it on your pleasures. What do we make of this? Welcome to God Powered. Now, we are looking at what God says about prayer, bold prayer. And I think we're starting to see that not only does God want us to ask big, to request, come to His throne with big requests. He not only wants us to, but we play a role in His kingdom advancing and in His will and His plan moving forward. He's given us a role and a responsibility. John Wesley said this. He, he said, God does nothing but by prayer. Now remember, we looked in the first episode how God gave us a role and responsibility in the whole process. But then Charles Spurgeon said it this way. He said, whether we like it or not, asking prayer is the rule of the kingdom. So we're, we're really seeing this very strong, this firm conviction that we need to make more requests in prayer. But what do we make when something like James makes this really challenging? So James chapter 4, in the New Living Translation, says it this way. It says, you know, you, you don't have because you haven't asked God for it. And then you ask and you don't get it because your motives are wrong that it would just be for your pleasure. So we see that God wants to act, but our, our motives play a role. And in James chapter 4, if we back up, what does it talk about? It says, strife and contention primarily comes from our unfulfilled desires. For us, striving to get what we want. And I think what we're going to see today is our, our motives, our, our attitude is hugely important. This is about God being glorified, and we get to enjoy things. But, you know, when we first learned about faith, we were like little kids with a Christmas list. Okay, faith, wow, God rewards faith, I can ask. And so what do we do? Oh, give me, give me, give me, I want, I want, can I have this, can I have that, can I have a red Ferrari? And see, there was a complete lack of maturity there. This wasn't about God being glorified, but it was just about gratifying our desires. Now, do we really trust God to gratify our desires? So we're going to look at a passage today that that is really challenging in a really amazing way, and I'm hoping will help us kind of see how this all plays together. So I think as we look at it, Luke chapter 12, in my mind, really demonstrates this. And there's a really cool challenge in the middle of it. So this starts in the middle of Luke chapter 12, and Jesus, he really hits it on the head. He starts talking about the things we worry about, the things we're concerned about jobs, where we'll live, what we'll eat, what we'll wear, all the things that we worry about that we spend time contemplating. And he says, not only does he tell us not to worry, but he, he points out, look at how God, look at nature and how God demonstrates his faithfulness. And he wraps it up by saying, why do you have so little faith? When we worry about our needs, because he says, why, why do you have so little faith? And he goes on, he says, even unbelievers let these things dominate their lives. But God knows your needs. 
So, so when we worry, we're not trusting God. He already knows those needs. But here's where it gets really good. And there's two verses I really want you to take note of. First one is verse 31. So Luke 12, 31. And it, and it says it. And this really, I, I've always loved this verse. I've not necessarily always lived it like I want to. But what does he say? And this is all about motives and attitude. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and he'll add all these things to you. Different translations say it's slightly different, but basically they, they all say that, that when we put God's kingdom as our priority, we put it first. Everything else we need, want, and desire is taken care of. They, they're secondary. When we change the priorities, when we change the focus, and we make him and his kingdom the absolute priority of our focus, then he has the freedom to add those things to our lives. But this is even better than the very next verse, verse 32, and it says this, and this is mind-blowing. So he says, don't be afraid, little children. So he's just talked about the things we worry about, and he's challenged us, encouraged us. God knows our needs, and that as we seek him and his kingdom, he's going to add these things. And, and he says, but don't worry, little children. And then he says something profound. He says, it gives your father great joy to give you the kingdom. Now that just sounds nice, but what does it really mean? Well, when you look it up, when you really study it, what he's saying is it gives your father great joy to give you the right and the authority to rule. This requires tremendous maturity on our part. We can't be those little children going, gimme, 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 gimme. Because he says it gives him great joy to give us the kingdom. It gives us him great joy to give us the right and the authority to rule. Remember, we're here as his instruments, his representatives. And so just like he gave Adam the right and the authority to rule, he gave him dominion as his manager, as his instrument, as his representative. He gives that to you and I, but it requires a tremendous maturity. So we need to pray bold prayers. We need to pray big prayers. But we also have to check our motivation. Why are we doing this? Is this just for me? But see, when, when we put ourselves second, then God has freedom to fulfill our dreams and desires. But as long as we're putting ourselves first, we're putting ourselves on the altar, it's limiting what God can do. And there's a great test. It's followed up by Jesus saying, Sell what you have and give to those in need. You know those dreams, those desires? A great motivation test, a litmus test on where our heart is. Are we willing to give those things up for someone else? Are we willing to sacrifice those things for someone who has a greater need than we do? It's a perfect motivation. I'll give you a great example and we'll wrap it up on this. Years ago, uh, I was speaking and I had a young protege with me, and, and somebody asked about giving. And he made a really profound statement that I've always loved. And what he said was this, because they were asking, well, how much should you give? And, and he said, you know, when you give, if it doesn't pinch a little bit, if, it, if, if you don't feel a little sting, if it's easy, are you really trusting God? 